Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. I sound a bit more enthusiastic all of a sudden, coming to you for 24. Oh, sorry, let's start again. This is the Oz Network, coming to you once again for 24. Season 6, Episode 8, 1 pm to 2 pm. We're continuing on with a season that nobody wants to talk about except for the Oz Network. This episode first aired on the 12th of February, 2007, a day that lives in infamy. As on that day in 1990, Carmen Loris became the first ever female premier in Australian history when she became the premier of Western Australia. Good news for her. Uh, and bad news for the people on board Cogon Air Flight 3407, which crashed in 2009 and killed everyone. That was a sad day for that flight. But if you're a fan of Abraham Lincoln, happy birthday. It was his birthday on uh, February 12th, as it was the birthday of Charles Darwin. Not a president of the United States, I believe. And also... When you think of esteemed people in history, I think Abraham Lincoln, I think Charles Darwin, and I think Christina Ricci, who's also uh, celebrates a birthday. <laughs> I like Christina Ricci. I don't know. I'm not trying to bag her out. She's good. Um, but yes, that's what happened on February 12th outside of this episode airing. It was written by Evan Katz and David Fury, directed by John Kazar. And we're here to talk about it. My name is Ben, and I just want to get it over with. <laughs> you won the season. Uh, my name is Colin, and my mistake was to believe Ben Waterworth had the courage and vision to host this podcast. Yeah, it's only been, um, we're nearly approaching 1,500 episodes, by the way. Remember when we celebrated 1,000 episodes, and now we're up to 1,500? Why do people just listen to this? makes me sad. Well, they don't. That's the problem. They don't listen to it. We just do it because we're bored and lonely. Oh, well, I am. You've got a wife, but you just want to get away from it. It's the only time that Colin can escape the family. <laughs> it's like, ah! And she still, she still brings me dinner. Ah, oh, what a woman. I love your wife. Um, so anyway, wait, 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 what are you saying? Well, I'm the only one who does in this podcast who loves her <laughs> wife. Of the two of us, who loves Jamie the most? I'm going to say probably me. Um, also, I think if I, I should have shared it with her. It popped up on my Facebook the other day that I'm celebrating like 11 years of friendship with Jamie Hilding. So, oh, um, congratulations. Thank you. It's about the same time you guys have been married for, uh, awkward. <laughs> what is it with Canadian women and becoming friends with people when they get married? I don't know. Um, anyway, so, uh, this week we have very limited Jack Bauer family drama, which is, um, I guess fairly decent. Uh, we get more McCarthy drama. Uh, we get Fayed kind of coming back for a, an appearance for the first time in a few weeks, a real sort of star from him. Morris gets tortured with a drill. Assad's <laughs> on a plane in two and a half, three hours to Washington and we get maybe one of the most batshit crazy storylines in the history of 24 because when White House staffers don't get their way, they want to assassinate the president. Um, yeah, uh, again, not the best episode, better than last week, but still plenty of problems. Very similar to last week. I think that the things that don't work in this episode, it's like 
oh, if you had just done this a little bit differently, I could see how this could have worked. Um, even the whole Lennox thing, I think there's Peter McNichol really saves it. This is going to be a weekly thing. Just saying Peter McNichol saves this, this season. Um, yeah, there's a good action sequence in here. Uh, there's, a, there's a helicopter involved in a good action sequence. So we're getting a little bit of excitement after a couple of episodes of literally doing nothing. And last week, where you literally went back and redid what you did the previous episode prior to that. So a uh, little bit of variety now. I think there's only, well, you say variety, but I think there's only really two storylines to talk about. I think it's kind of the White House stuff and then really the CTU stuff lumps into the Jack stuff, right? Like there's not really a third one that you kind of talk about. Um, basically, the White House stuff is... Um, Peter McNichol is angry at Palmer because he didn't sign off on his policy. So he has a bit of a go at the president. And then I love, I do love Peter McNichol literally throws his toys out of the pram because he walks in the room and like smashes shit, which is uh, great to see Lennox just kind of chucking a tanty. Um, I do love the fact that even you get um, the secret service agents like, huh? And Reed's kind of all like, oh, it's okay. He's just angry. So he's all like, nah, bitch, please. I've supported this president for years. I told him to run and now he's shit. I'm quitting. Um, so it's like, okay. To which then uh, old uh, diet Rob Lowe is all like, hey, Peter McNichol. So um, diet Rob Lowe. Good. <laughs> what's the thing they Gluten-free say? Gluten-free Rob Lowe. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Um, I had the farts. Keto Kino. Rob Lowe. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rob Lowe. Dry flavorless Rob Lowe. <laughs> Rob Lowe zero. Um, <laughs> the Oz Network. Rob Lowe with aspartame. <laughs> Stevia. Rob Lowe. Uh, <laughs> Why don't dislike Chad Lowe? He's fine. Um, Poor Rob Lowe. Uh, I'm killing Colin Hilding right now, I think. I love um, that you said poor Rob Lowe. It's like he's got that brother, this diet him. It's kind of like Colin Hanks. Like, it's like, there's nothing wrong with Colin Hanks. It's just, you're not your it's, dad. Um, it's kind of like Colin Hilding. Exactly. Like, <laughs> who'd, you, who'd you, Colin, that you prefer? Colin Hanks or Colin? No, Colin Hanks. You Definitely know? Colin. I'd go with Colin Hanks. <laughs> I'm the diet Colin in this conversation. <laughs> Diet Colin, Ben Affleck or Ben Waterworth? I mean, come on. We know dong size. Which one wins? <laughs> that man's got a massive dong. <laughs> We're not getting into that again. But anyway, so Diet Rob Lowe is all like, well, um, <laughs> Peter McNichol. Uh, so <laughs> I'd love Full flavor, Peter McNichol. <laughs> <laughs> You're the classic Coke of Peter McNichols. <laughs> Who is the diet Coke of Peter McNichols? Uh, um, I have no idea. I've never really thought about it, by the way. Um, anyway, uh, he's all like, hey, Peter McNichols, so I know you're disappointed, but what if we killed the president? Uh, <laughs> Peter McNichols was like, huh? It's like, well... <laughs> There's a few of us who think that this could have happened. So what if we kill the president? <laughs> like, this is treason. You're right. Pretend I never said of it. On with our day. That's one of those conversations you don't recover from. I'm sorry. If Jamie walked down to you right now and was like, Colin, hope you enjoy your dinner. How's the day? Cool. Um, kids were good today. That was good. Uh, Remy got an A on his report card. That's pretty good. <laughs> 
Uh, sad the uh, the Blue Bombers didn't win the Grey Cup. That was sad. <laughs> uh, I was thinking, Ooh. how would you feel if I slept with another man this Saturday? No, not a fan of it. Okay, cool. By the way, we need milk. I will see <laughs> you up at supper. That's a conversation you don't recover I- from. I mean, it depends. Is she proposing sleeping with Rob Lowe or Chad Lowe? Because <laughs> one I might be a little bit more upset about. Colin Hilding, open to her wife sleeping with other men. <laughs> His wife sleeping with other men. There you go. But there are some conversations in life that you bring up that there is no coming back from if there's a negative answer to. If if classic Coke Peter McNichol right now was like, absolutely, I hate this bastard. Let's shoot him in the dick and he'll bleed to death. Then... We're all team assassinate Wayne Palmer. But, uh, huh? No, bitch, please, that's treason. Awkward. I'll go get you your lunch, sir. Like, that's this conversation that you don't recover from. But, of course, 24 is going to play it for a, we'll just ignore that whole conversation about you wanting to assassinate the president. Um, so then later on, uh, Assad has arrived in record time. I thought the uh, Concorde was decommissioned, but obviously not in the 24 universe because... Like it's, I think it, I've worked out. It is three hours. It is less than three hours. Karen should already be in LA by now. Uh, I think I think the writers do realize their mistake because I think they give it a five-hour window for Karen, which is technically the flight time from Washington to LA. But again, like that's flight time, right? You are sitting on a plane. It's taxiing on the tarmac to landing gate to gate. You literally hear a pilot on a plane say gate to gate. They don't <laughs> attribute for the what, 10 minutes usually sitting on the tarmac, the five minutes of disembarking, the further 15 minutes of getting your bags, the further 10 minutes of finding an Uber, the further 20 minutes of driving to the thing. Like, sure, 24, 24's got a 24. But anyway, so Assad's there. They've invited Osama bin Laden into uh, the, <laughs> the bunker underneath the White House, a guy that only four hours ago they thought was behind this attack. Oh, no, you're cool. Um, like... This would have been a good plot twist if this had been a ruse by Assad and he was still mm-hmm. evil. Now, there's a missed opportunity, 24. So later on in this season, when, spoiler alert, a bomb goes off and they're going to try and kill Wayne Palmer, Ooh. that could have been a cool idea that this actually was the plan. Like, yeah. there's your plot twist, 24. I would be celebrating Nicely that. done, Ben. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Howard Gordon, John Cassara, Evan Catch, you can have that for free for the reboot. But basically... Again, love you, D.B. Woodside. You're a great man. You're a man. Like, anybody with the two initials as your first name, you're a man. You're more than a man than I am. But, like, seriously, I'm going to sit down, the Osama Bin Laden of the 24 world, and be like, so, Saad, I believe you're good. So what I want you to do, I want you to go on TV and say, hey, terrorists, don't be terrorists anymore. I'm good now. Like, okay, let's let's use this as a couple of examples. Uh, the the Los Angeles Lakers aren't having a very good season, all right? So they go on TV with Michael Jordan, and they're like, hey, everyone, I'm Michael Jordan. Los Angeles Lakers, you're not very good. I want you to play better, all right? LeBron James, you're often compared to me. Play better. Right now, the Edmonton Oilers suck, which is fantastic, by the way. Wayne Gretzky goes on Canadian TV. Edmonton Oilers, you're not very good. Connor McDavid, you're not me yet. Be me. Be better. Like, Can you I want- imagine Rob Lowe giving a speech to his brother? Exactly. Chad, you're not me, okay? Exactly. Just try. Just try harder. Rob Sestanino, the Oz Network, <laughs> be 
better. Be a better <laughs> podcast. You need to be better. The Oz Network going on air going, Max Dawson, stop being a cunt. Uh, like that is kind of the, the situation here that it would be in like that is just face value. And I love a side is like, well, I don't think they will listen to me. It's like, yes, they will because you're evil and so are they. This is the same <laughs> as I've told this story before. The anti-bullying policy at my high school was look the bully in the eye and say, I do not like that. Please stop. I'm sorry. Every time I was being teased the shit out of or beaten up at high school, if I had looked one of these bullies in the eyes and goes, hey, can you stop beating me? I don't like this. They're not going to turn around and go, oh, sorry, Ben. I thought you did. I apologize. Like, I'll stop right now. Like, okay. And trust Ben, he tries that every month on 007 with me and Noah, and we don't let up. I'm bullied by these two uh, <laughs> on that show. Like, it's just... And then through this notion, Peter McNichol is like, grr, he wants to get Osama Bin Laden on TV and speak to the nation. This is bullshit. Hi, Diet Roblo. Let's assassinate the president. <laughs> like, okay, I'm with you. Peter McNichol sells this because Peter McNichol is the classic Coke of Peter McNichols. He is amazing <laughs> and he sells this so well. He buys into this role. But, like, is this the thing that pushes him over the edge to want to assassinate the president of the United States? <laughs> like, it's just, I just well, think that the, the, the writers of this season got to a point where they've gone, we have peaked at four episodes. We have no fucking clue where we're, what we're doing. Ah, fuck it. Let's have the chief of staff want to assassinate the president. That's, that's plot twisty enough, isn't it? Um, I just, it just gets to a point and Colin is, is concerned because he might be being assassinated right now by his children. Um, <laughs> But, like, it's just, like, seriously, of all the batshit crazy ideas that I want to believe they have in the bingo bucket, we talk about with Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer robs a convenience store. Jack Bauer <laughs> is a vampire. Jack Bauer hijacks a plane. Like, like they've got that. I just want them to go emergency 24-story ideas. It's kind of like, I've never played Cards of Humanity, but isn't that like you get two things to kind of combine that don't make sense? So it's kind of like... All right, we've got chief of staff assassinates the president. Okay, let's go with that. Like, I I, I hate this. And this is, again, like, this is an episode that's not going to be the worst of all time, but it's just, like, it's what a storyline. Like, they've, they've, they've gone full R-word that we talk about in Tropic Thunder. Never go full R-word. Like, never do it. Because, again, this is going to be pretty rushed. This, I believe, happens in, like, three or four weeks' time. It's not even a strong build-up. It's like, okay, sure, let's do this because I'm not going to be able to get a bomb into the bunker of the White House, which is where we're protected from other nuclear bombs. Okay. Like, oh, sorry, rant over. Uh, I mean, in defense, I hate that I'm saying this as if he's a real person, but in defense of Lennox, I mean, this conversation, he's a real no person, point they Colin, say, in our hearts. <laughs> they, they, they ne- Reed never says... Let's kill the president. You know, it's 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 all very discreet. It's like, well, should we depose him? Should we? He's basically saying, let's get somebody else in charge here. And I mean, again, I don't remember. I I, I kind of you know know how most of the season wraps up. Definitely know what happens to Wayne. But uh, how much is Peter McNichol in on this, or is he just like, oh, you just said you would help somebody else get in who's going to be more agreeable for my policies? Like it, it, one way or the other the way this conversation happens is amazing. Like I love the back and forth that they have because it's like that scene in Revenge of the Sith where Anakin finds out that Palpatine is Sidious. Sorry, spoiler for everybody. What? Uh, Palpatine's the villain. Somehow Palpatine was actually the bad guy the whole time. Next thing you were telling me Anakin turns into Darth Vader. Like, come on. (laughs) But it's like they're circling each other and it's like, 
Sidious is saying something and Anakin's like, what did you just say? And that's kind of the way that like Peter McNichol is with Reed. He's like, excuse me? Are you saying what I think you're saying? It's like that. And they even have like, it's treason then. You know, it's like, it's very Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Like I'm I'm sure they're watching it when they decided to write this, but there's like this eerie ominous thing with the whole conversation. And then when he comes around later on, like it's something that only Peter McNichol would be, by the way, that proposal you had, I think I may be open to it, you know? Um, I, I don't remember like how much of, of what actually happens is Lennox even aware of at this point, or is he just think, Hey, we're, we're just trying to, we're, we're trying to David Palmer. We're trying to you know, get the cabinet involved here and get somebody else. But in charge. Th- this is where like, I agree with you, but also I don't agree with you because I think it is fully implied that he's talking about killing him, but like, no, cause this is where like you touching on last week about what kind of sets up with Lennox's character, because I mean, spo- I don't give shit about spoiling the season, it's season six to 24, who cares? Like it's yeah. basically Lennox at the end of the day is like, no, no, we can't do this. We can't do this. And then yeah. gets like knocked out and locked in a room. Cause he tries to stop it. It's like the redemption of Lennox, which I mean, I- I'm with you. Like I-, I-, I see the comparisons, but this is where I want Lennox to go full Ana- Anakin and call in Samuel L. Jackson. And then just as they're yeah. about to like kill him, then I want like, um, full strength Peter McNichol to save the day and then basically be like, what have I done? And then I want like Diet Rob Lowe to set up a guy now call you Darth Lennox. Like, I mean, <laughs> I want that to happen. Yeah, but I think it's still played really well. And, and also the fact that, uh, again, it's probably not the way it was written, but the way Peter McNichol played this, when you have Assad and he's like, he is giving a terrorist airtime, he is allying with the guy who is, Basically, because in all honesty, Assad is responsible for this. And that's one of the things that Wayne brings up to him that I like in the, the scene that Wayne has, where he's like, listen, I can't go on there and just, they're just going to say I'm being a puppet of the American people. And they're not going to listen to me. They're going to actually go against what I say. And Wayne's like, but like, you are responsible for everything that happens still. And it, it, it's going back to the, the whole thing with what Capitol Hill, the beginning of uh, this year. Did Trump specifically tell anybody that they should do this? No. Is he still to be held accountable for the way he implied certain things? That's Assad. Assad still should be accountable Beginning for some of, of what's gone year. down. Colin, that was like two yeah, and a half years ago. No, was it at the beginning of 2023? No, I was still in Canada when that happened. <laughs> when, when, did, when did the election happen? The, the election happened in 2020. 2020. Where am I right now? What year is this? Where are you? If you just like me watching Back to the Future. Hey, remember that time when the president got assassinated in Dallas? That was last week, wasn't it? Remember when it's Lincoln's birthday speaking, which was so sad that he got shot in that movie theater yesterday. Oh, and I can't wait for that new movie, The Rise of Skywalker, to come out. They're going to totally redeem Palpatine and explain how he's back. Are you talkies are coming out next week? I can't wait for that. Back, regardless, <laughs> my Colin remembers history. of time. <laughs> um, but, but aside from that, like Asajj still is responsible, and this is where I'm liking this season presenting two sides of it because you understand Lennox's point of view, and this is what we're lacking from Karen. He believes so much in his cause, and he's not believing it. Saying all of them deserve to die. I hate the Muslims. He's not saying that. He's like, this is what's happening. Yeah, a, a terrorist is being given you know the ear of the president that i've been pushed away from like you feel for him even if you don't agree with what he's doing and at the same time wayne is making sense even if you know some of his motives don't make sense and he's a terrible president assad's making sense like they're just they're smart in presenting everybody's point of view so i think that uh season two and season six are very similar in that i went into the seasons thinking there was a storyline that i wasn't a big fan of the warner storyline in season two the 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 wayne palmer stuff in season six 
And I'm finding the the more I'm getting this season, like this is actually the part that in retrospect, it, it actually works. Whereas it's the other stuff that doesn't necessarily work. I think it's what they often have to do in TV shows with presidents. Um, and we see it in any show. You think about West Wing, designated survivor, commander in chief, like all of them always paint a president with the exception of maybe Charles Logan of like being so morally good. They're always like, mm-hmm. they've never got any, you know, gray areas or bad areas. So like, of course they need to showcase Wayne as like, no, we can't detain people based on their race because of this. And like, it's, it's, it's what the world we want to live in. Right. Like, I mean, designated survivor yeah. had a guy who was like 48th in line of the president step in. And it was, you know, Keith always talked about like, that was, during the Trump administration. So like we need this kind of like over the top, good, morally good guy to show us that politicians aren't all bad. So of course they're going to do that. But like even the greatest presidents in history, and I'm not going to sit here and say who they are because like, uh, I don't fucking know. I'm Australian. I just read, you know, lists on ranker.com or something like that. But like people who are highly revered still had things that they did, which in hindsight, you know, were a negative, you know, it's, it's kind of like that thing where again, I'm not going to, comment on Trump, but like if you literally Google good things Donald Trump did, you can find articles where like there are some things that he did and you go, oh, I didn't realize he did that because all the negativity that surrounded him. Same thing with someone like Barack Obama, who I guess in the press is generally universally praised. He did some bad things as well. Like each president does good and bad things. Nixon, Kennedy, like Lincoln, like, you know, Lincoln, what is he known as? The guy who freed the slaves. There's bad things that Lincoln did still too. Like it's just all presidents have that. And, but like, we always have to have that in TV shows because that's what we're doing. This is entertainment. We're, it's escapism. We want to believe that these presidents are always going to be good. So, of course, we're going to root for Wayne Palmer, who's going to stand up against this racist policy. It is a racist policy. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of one of these things that in the real world, like, I mean, George W. Bush is a classic example. Like, he went from being the most highly rated opinion poll president in the history of the presidency to the lowest. I think he was only eclipsed by Donald Trump. You know, like, he held mm-hmm. that distinction. And you think in a post 9-11 America, there's Bing, uh, 9-11 bingo for another week, that like he had to make hard decisions. I mean, bombing a country that technically didn't really do anything to 9-11, uh, b- both of them, Afghanistan and Iraq, like, I mean, you know, that was controversial. You know, he yeah. was known for the torturing and all that kind of stuff that happened in that period. That again, nowadays we look back and thought that was horrible. At the time, people were like, yeah, you got to get, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I mean, these are these things where, like, it's it's very interesting for an Australian and a Canadian to sit here and put judgment on fictional American presidents. Like, be a man, do shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's kind of, it's interesting based on our limited knowledge of what it takes to be a president of the United <laughs> States around sometimes that in these moments, you got to do what you got to do. And as beloved as David Palmer is, we pickpocketed so many issues with him as a president. Wayne Palmer... I'm saying if we voted, we ranked in order, presidents in order of what they actually achieved and their ability as president, Wayne Palmer, the worst in 24 history. Yeah. Worse than Logan. Even below Logan. <laughs> because Logan did shit. That's yeah. the thing. Logan signed a fucking treaty with Russia. I mean, for God's sakes. No real real president has ever done that before. Um, and, and Wayne's treaty is with a terrorist. That's what this episode is about. And I mean, I, I'm going to argue next season from was that Taylor, at least for 75% of next season, at least he's maybe the best president we ever get. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, 
rant over. Do you have anything else out in this, or do we want to move on to the? No, we can move on. Uh, helicopter chase, helicopters. So yeah, we get um, helicopter chase. Um, <laughs> Diet Eddie Izzard uh, is driving <laughs> Morris. One thing I love about this episode, though, and again, it's 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 such a shame. Well, there's two things. Well, Two and a half things I love in this episode, which again is just ta- men, 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 <laughs> men, men, men. <laughs> Two and a half things I love about this episode, 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 episode. Um, so I love kind of this car chase with the helicopter, and then I love this uh, the the woman here, the girlfriend. How he's basically uh, diet Eddie is it is all like, oh no, like we're gonna take you here and we're gonna do this and um, CTU. And I love like Morrissey, like CTU know who you are, like you know. You're not uh, Harry McCarthy or whatever his name is and blah, 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 blah. And she's all like, oh, do they know who I am? We have no fucking clue who you are. So then she basically kills McCarthy, which is like, I remember she's going like, holy fuck. Like, okay, this is a good plot twist. You're not expecting this at all. And then she's basically right. She's like, well, they don't know who I am. They know who he is. I can basically, I love Colin in fear right now of a child coming down the stairs or something. I know it's Jamie. Um, <laughs> you see no, this, it's a child too. Hi, Remy. You see this look on Colin's face. He looks over his shoulders like, oh no, they found me. Uh, they're coming down the stairs. Um, so she kills. I'm finished. Yes. Thank you. She, oh, she, go ahead. She kills McCarthy and she's basically like, well, they don't know who I am. I can get $7 million. This is a classic ruse. I'm going to get away with it. Very smart by this woman. Like, this is one of the best things I think we've had in a long time. So they... they, You don't like this? (sighs) Well, I'll get... Talk talk about it now. I want to know. Like, we're on this topic. Like, again, I remember nothing about the storyline. So I was completely caught off guard when all of a sudden McCarthy's brains are all over the side window of his car. Uh, And I I thought, "This this is great. But it's her just spontaneously saying, I want the $7 million and I'm going to, it's the believability of in what world does she have a plan for how she's going to go extort a terrorist or at least try to keep up her boyfriend's end of the bargain. Like it doesn't actually check out. Like her thinking doesn't check out in this episode. Uh, Great that she kills him, but like maybe a little bit more back and forth where she's like, hold on, hold on. I want to think, I I do love Morris's line that he has to those. Oh, that was great. That's exactly a little bit more excessive than I would have liked, but Good for you. I mean, I agree with you that it doesn't make sense. I, I I think you're completely on the money with that. But at the same time, I buy into it because like this storyline has just come out of nowhere and we've seen enough back and forth of them that I don't like this storyline in general. But I think they're just what we've seen of these characters, they're kind of this, these two are just loose and they don't really care about each other to a point. Like we saw that from her like a week ago when she's like panicking and all of a sudden she just changes her mind like so quickly. She's like, oh no, honey, like I, I you know, whatever. So like, I agree with you. I think you're right. But at the same time, I just think but- it, it's believable with just what we've seen with these two. And then like her death scene, like it's just badass fire. We're going to get in a few that's moments good, time. Yeah. Like that's awesome. But I don't know. I just, and I love Morris's reaction. You're right. Like, cause he thinks, oh, we're safe. And I kind of like, I remember watching this going like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Like go, go this woman. But then all of a sudden she's like, no, I want the $7 million. But, but uh, also you have to start wondering when, when is Fayed going to say, I keep hiring these contractors and random people keep showing up in their place. Like what is wrong with the people who are on my payroll where they're all being killed or shot or having to send substitute neighbors in like, like uh, Cal Penn did. Like nobody he hires actually does their job. I want him. I, there needs to be a boardroom meeting with Fired and this. Like he like gets <laughs> off the phone. Like he kills this woman, and then basically they land the helicopter next episode. And say, All right, meeting. All right, I'm sick of this. I'm hiring you people to do one job, and you keep <laughs> fucking up. Now, right now, tell me who your contractors are. Right? Have you vetted them? Have you vetted them? Have you vetted them? All right. Any other fuck ups? You're all fired. 
You're all I don't want to see I don't want to see any of your neighbors. I don't want to see any of your girlfriends. Only you. I am sick of it. We have planned too long for this and too much and too much effort. I've lost I've lost Frank. I've lost Carl Penn. I've lost my good friends in this. And I'm sick of this. Any more stuff up, you're fired. You can go work for Osama. He he's shoddy. <laughs> I am professional. All right. I offer dental. I offer dental. Osama, two planes into two buildings. Wait, <laughs> I launched a nuclear bomb. 12,000 people. He only killed four. Right? <laughs> this is a professional organization. So I and need that, that's, you to that's work harder. The, the police last week where they're like, in positive news, <laughs> the terrorist who actually did the bombing offers dental and treats his <laughs> employees with respect. <laughs> and you should see their Christmas bonus program. <laughs> One week off for the holidays. Oh. And a $50 Amazon gift card. <laughs> and a union. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, they're off to see fire. Jack's like uh, trying to find out where they're going. Chloe, apparently. The th- one thing that's very rushed in this episode is Chloe's ineptness. She's like two seconds in. She's like, oh, she does oh. one bad thing. And Molly's like, Chloe is definitely doing bad. And later on, Jack's like, welcome back, Chloe. Did she go anywhere? <laughs> But 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 seriously, to have Milo utter the line, n- nothing else added to it, just Chloe's screwing up. And that's his line. I'm like, that's worth it to me. Uh, but then this is, I should also mention, we get Bill telling Marilyn that Graham's dead and then she literally does the soap opera stare into the camera. Uh, <sighs> We've been distant for some time now. It's okay. <laughs> I've kind of always known. Like, oh, my God. Like, oh, can we get freaking um, uh, James Morrison back on the show to just be like, what was it like working with her? Uh, and then, like, I'm so glad, though, that we get Marilyn telling Josh off screen because even, even just hearing the words Josh going, no, that's not true. Like, oh, shut oh. up. Okay, but this is this is my biggest pet peeve with, with I'd say, any type of movies or TV shows. When you have an off-camera conversation and it has to happen in about a microsecond mm. because, like, no, I got to go inform my son that his da- dad's dead. Closes the door next thing. No! It's like, what'd she go? Josh, your dad's dead. No! Like, there's no way she did that quickly. And even when, like, is it Bill tells um, Jack and Jack's on the helicopter? Got some bad news. Your brother's dead. Okay, we're still chasing McCarthy. Like, like but Jack, we think it may be because you tortured him. Are we, like, again, are we meant to feel something here? Like, I mean, I just, I just, I don't understand where they're going with this. Um, they trace, uh, I don't even remember how they trace him to this building. I think they get a red light camera or something like that. It's, Cause there's a woman in a car or like convenient 24 technology. Is that what it is? No, I think they, they trace the phone call, but they can only trace it to the building. Cause they're using like the building's uh, trunk that's line. Right, that's right. So then they have to decide, Oh, it's not the lady who's in apartment 412 because she's handicapped. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel sorry. Like we've evacuated the building. Oh, I thought woman in 412, she's in a wheelchair. So she clearly just disparaging the disabled Chloe. Um, she could, she could be trying. She's like, I'm trying to escape. Like, you know, also, can we just point out Nadia two weeks ago couldn't do shit because she was, you know, being targeted because of her ethnicity. <laughs> She's fine now. That got forgotten what about. What happened with that? Yeah, exactly. Remember that? Um, I, I love Nadia. Use her more. Um, yeah. So anyway, there's going to be a whole standoff here because it's kind of like, oh, we just don't know what building he's in. So let's set off the fire alarm, which, okay, on paper, smart, but also on paper, 
dumb because what does fire do straight away? Uh, yeah, clearly CTU nowhere here. There's no fire. Fired smarter than Jack Bauer this episode. Donnie, yeah. if you're listening, you're welcome. Um, meanwhile, Morris is getting tortured here. I, I, I'm so glad that we literally have Fired back to being Fired because we've had him missing the last few weeks. And obviously, maybe that could be to do with Adoni being injured in real life. Listen to the interview from a couple of weeks ago. But, like, this is great because, like, we get this amazing scene between him and the woman who basically she's all like, seeing Morris getting tortured with a drill and everything. She's like, oh, like, whatever, bitch, please keep the $7 million. I'm going to get my hair done. Um, and he's just like, oh, so you're saying I can keep the money? Okay, bang, shoots her dead. And I kind of love that moment when she, like, falls to the floor and you see, like, Morris staring at her in the body. I love a good scene when you've kind of got guy on the ground staring at a body. It reminds me of um, Breaking Bad when Fring, sort of the flashback when his uh, partner gets shot by the Mexican cartel oh, yeah. at the swimming pool, if you remember that. Like, always mm-hmm. a good emotional sort of scene to have with that. Um, Morris is getting waterboarded, he's getting drilled, um, and basically he then caves in and he's going to make the component for the nuclear bomb. I do like that. that I do love uh, what's his face here uh, when he like when Fire's like, "You are going to fix this component," and I love Morris. Not bloody likely, mate. Like <laughs> Carl Road has got like a great way of like sort of delivering that line. Like I love the way he does that. But again, I like this. I like the torturing. I like the action. Like mm-hmm. more of this. Ben Waterworth loves torture, but like. This is where it was great to talk to Adoni about kind of just like him getting into that mindset of a terrorist. And listen to that interview. He's the nicest man on the planet. Oh, yeah. He's so... Maybe the nicest we've ever interviewed on the show. Exactly. All you other interviews on the show, you're mean, except for Adoni Maropas. Um, <laughs> such a nice guy. And yet, yet, what, barely two weeks later after interviewing him here, he's drilling a guy, like literally, like it's it's epic. Um, and then, so he fixes a component uh, CTU are going to storm the building just as Morris is about to die. And then Jack storms in, saves Morris, sees a nuclear bomb. We get a, like a cool shootout. It's great. Everybody's dying. Um, and then we get a pretty tense scene of Jack disabling a nuclear bomb. Like Keeper does well. He loved the kind of the shaking of the hands and Chloe kind of like, oh, quadrant three to quadrant four. Whoops, no, four to five. Awkward. And then like when these little things are going to close together and then basically... The thing pops up, Jack puts a screwdriver in, and it's sort of all like, yay, we've saved the day from a nuclear bomb. Um, one of my biggest gripes around this whole thing, though, is like just the plot convenience of Agent Jenkins opens up a closet, and it's all like, Jack, we found a rabbit hole coming soon, and then cancelled. <laughs> uh, clearly, Fired and his men has escaped down this, down this escape, the air conditioning, and then the sewer. And then they just happen to get into a field and in a helicopter and they've escaped. This has happened in three minutes. <laughs> Fayed has climbed down a fifth-story building or whatever level they're on, gone through the sewers, gone into a helicopter that was medical so that clearly they can escape <laughs> in, like, three minutes. He's gotten away. Like, that is, like, worse than freaking Fy- uh, uh, Assad flying from L.A. to Washington That's- in three hours. Um, it's just, it's so bad. And also I'll say, this is a very heavy damn it episode. Jack says damn it four times in this episode, seven times so far this season. I'm keeping count, but hate that plot twist. I mean, this action's fine. Uh, The tension's great, but again, just so much of this episode just weighs everything else down that I just can't take this on board enough to like it. The, the, uh, the the whole medical chopper thing you were mentioning, it just reminds me of Our Majesty's Secret Service. I want Fayette on there. It's like, we are the Red Cross. We're doing <laughs> medical supplies. We have esteemed members of the world press with us, and you're making them noxious. Yeah. Um, yeah, like some of this stuff works, some of it doesn't. Uh, another problem I have with the whole girlfriend turn 
uh, aside from just the obvious thing, it's like she just comes to this conclusion. She wants to do this. Is that this immediately follows her being shocked when she finds out this has to do with nuclear warhead. Like, what did you do? You were tagging along with your boyfriend who's doing shady deals, kidnapping people in the middle of the street right after a nuclear warhead went off. Yeah. And all of a sudden when they this has to do wait a second, if this is for a nuclear bomb, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And then she turns again right away. Like that's, that's to me, that's just a problem. It's not consistent with her character. Uh, her dying is great. Uh, I'm not saying because I don't like her, but, but that's, I've got in our limited list here of, uh, you know, top uh, five episodes. If you combine her death with Morris's getting drilled through the head, that's something I'm going to remember at the end of the season. That's like Jack Bauer sticks a towel down a man's throat, you know? Um, but yeah, like Morris is so funny where he's like, oh, that was a bit excessive, but you got the job done. Good job, girl. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the convenience of how they just track this building and everything is just, everything's just, there's there doesn't even a lot of thought put into it, which I, I'm sure we're at the point now. We sort of covered in like in past seasons, whenever there be these commentaries I'd listen to that, oh, in season one or season two, we might care more about this, but now people are just along for the ride. So I get that, but like, if we have, if it's our job to poke holes in things, there's a lot of holes to poke in this episode. Um, the, uh, the the whole uh, uh, the helicopter chase thing is good. I love the helicopter chase at the beginning. But my biggest question is, why are we seeing no chaos on the streets? It, two episodes ago, which was my lowest episode of the season, one of my all-time lowest episodes, episode six, you still saw, even though it was not important in the episode, you still saw people who were running in the background or like, you know, going through red light, speeding through cars. And now it's just done. It's like, it's regular every day in Los Angeles. A nuclear bomb just went off. We, we Let's t- talk about 9-11 again. You know, when 9-11 happened, that was a building falling down, a terrorist attack and a building falling down. Do you think you could get through on any phone lines for the mm. next two days to New York City? Do you think that there was not like people backed up every single bridge. I, I remember it was a couple of years even after that, where there was, that you, I don't know if it made news over there, but like the big New York slash Ontario blackout, the like half of Eastern Canada and yeah, half of Eastern that. United States all blacked yeah. out. That was like complete chaos. The, again, the phone lines were jammed. People couldn't get through. There were traffics like for bridges out of town were completely backed up. And that was over the course of one evening when this happened. And that was just for a blackout. Like there is no way anybody in the city is calm. Like I just... I wish in an episode where it didn't matter two weeks ago, we still got some of that chaos that we get it here because you got a perfect opportunity with helicopters chasing and then maybe add a little bit more excitement in there because McCarthy's car can't get through traffic because too many people are trying to, you know, uh, go the wrong way on the the one-way street or something like that. There's just a a lot of missed opportunities here. Um, But the Morris torture thing is great. Uh, It's over and done with too quickly. Again, this is why I don't remember it. Because it's it's not a bad subplot. It is a little bit like oh, somebody from CTU's got. I want this stretched out. Me not remembering this when it came up, I'm like oh, this isn't so bad. But we're done with it in not even a full episode. It's just like the Philip Bauer thing. You get introduced to Philip Bauer at the end of what was it, episode five, episode six, episode six, episode six. By the end of episode seven, so one episode later, one hour later in real time, oh, we're done with that storyline. Now he's bad. And it's the same thing with Morris. It was the end of the last episode. And by the end of this episode, no, 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 it's okay now. Like, no, I want this to go on a little bit longer, especially when you have a season where you're repeating so many storylines. And the sad thing is the storylines they're repeating are the things that actually seem to work better mm. than the new stuff they're coming up with. Um, yeah, I love that whole Marilyn thing with uh, your dad's dad just rushing in there. It's like so quick. Uh, but 
Jack defusing a nuclear bomb, I mean, it's, it's not nearly as exciting as it should be. Yeah, it should be amazing, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think part of the problem is, is that if there's too much ease with which this is done. I, I look back at like the end of season four, the struggles they had even to, to find where this new kids are. We can't get the satellite picture and all that. And normally you would think, okay, we have to call up somebody in bomb squad and you get random person. Okay, Jack, bomb this command. is what you have to do. Bomb command, yeah. But this scene actually plays out like he just calls, all right, so the red wire is connected to the blue wire and you need to cut the blue wire, but don't cut the blue wire above the red wire. She literally has just gone on Google and typed it, how to defuse yeah. thermonuclear how, warhead. How, like, I'm sorry, if government agencies just have readily available, um, you know, memos to disable nuclear bombs and like why like oh so this is a section 7g a soviet all right that's filed yeah. under s for so there we go this is oh, how you do it, it activated by a british man living in america okay that's gonna complicate things oh and he's married to somebody else in the government oh this is getting really complicated i don't know what to do oh, hang on add, oh. add, add search term uh kidnap ctu agent is forced to create component oh there we go there it is oh man Oh, no, but now this wrench of the plans. There's the disabled lady in the apartment building. We're never going to get it right. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> but, like, these little things that would just add to the excitement, you're quick-firing everything at the audience this season. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to defuse a nuclear bomb. Have this be, we can't get anybody in, in bomb control command. <laughs> Chloe, you're going to have to do it. All right, I need 10 minutes. Okay, you got two and then she's sweating and Jack's sweating. Is it Chloe? You're 100% right. She's like, no, I'm not 100% right. Just do something. And he clips it. And, oh, we got lucky. That works. Even if the rest of this episode doesn't work. It's just so many missed opportunities. Ball being dropped all over the place. Oh, balls dropping. I can't wait for mine to drop one day. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, this is, this is the thing with this season among many things is that, yeah, like it's just so much stuff is rushed and it's like, I don't get why they like, it, I just I just put it down to the first four episodes were just so pressure filled and like let's we need to live up to last season, and then they just shot their load, pardon the you know inappropriate <laughs> terminology of that in the first four episodes. That then they're like fuck, what do we do now? Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've always bought into with this season, and it's just a shame because again, there's there are elements to this season which if they had have just done it a little bit better, it would have been a good season. You know, they drag it out a little bit more, do all this sort of stuff, as we keep saying. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, trivia, again, nothing really in the book. I've sort of uh, not a whole lot from the book in the last couple of weeks. But in terms of the 24 Wiki, uh, we have got uh, the whole Assad being brought to LA to Washington from 1049 to 116. So that's basically two hours. Uh, It's two hours and 20 minutes. That's pathetic. Seriously, like... (laughs) I mean, like, I get sometimes you got to be a bit, you know, skew if with the timing, particularly when driving around LA, and I, I get that. But, like, is there any... I think even I remember watching this live going, okay, can you really fly from Los Angeles to Washington? Like, have the president in, like, San Francisco or Seattle or Dallas. Yeah. Or, like, um, isn't Camp David in Texas? Like, have him somewhere a little bit close. Like, this is continental flight. <laughs> like, come on. Um... Last episode of season six, which does not feature a special guest star. Uh, the only Ooh. time that Jack or any member of CTU is shown to successfully disarming a bomb. Well, there you go. <laughs> Inept CTU agents, you're saying. Um, during the helicopter and car chase, all cars parked along the road are parked up on the sidewalk. Okay. Um, and 
I love how somebody's literally gone there. Oh, we don't have much trivia for this episode. Hey, I noticed something. They're all on the sidewalk. Trivia. Um, and this apparently is the first episode not to feature Karen Hayes since her introduction in season five. Oh. Uh, Bin, so, Colin, you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I was just going to ask. There's no special guest star this episode. But yeah, I guess we don't have Philip in this episode. So, No, um, we don't. this is why like this episode is going to be slightly better than last week because um, <laughs> we've got no uh, Bauer family drama this week except for a little bit of yeah, Marilyn well, and Josh, I guess. Sadly, there'll be a lot more next week. Uh, yeah, this one's a Bin. Um, it, it's getting closer to a rent, though. Like there, There's... There's a lot of good stuff in this episode. Um, I, I'll I'll do my ranking. Uh, I can get do. mine out of the way here. Uh, well, fine. I will then. Um, so I have got this. Uh, if I can even find it here, I cannot find. There we go. <laughs> oh, Number one twelve. I'm not ready though. <laughs> um, I was reading the wrong season. I'm like, we're in season five, aren't we? Number one twelve. So it is my fourth highest bin that I have. I've kind of got this in the middle of the bins. I've got this currently at 119. So this is just one spot ahead of season two, episode six, and just below episode 11 of season four, which if I'm not mistaken, that was the EMP episode, or was that 412? It was one of those. Um, so, yeah, I've got this just there. And overall, this will end up at 177th. So there you go. But... uh yeah. Next week, though, uh, we are back to Ben Waterworth makes it the worst 24 episode in history. <laughs> I think we've got a few of them in a row. I think the next few weeks all kind of fall into that one. I believe we do um, meet our Russian general next week for the first time. Gredenko, yeah. Second, Gredenko. Um, so I believe he is next week. But, yeah, let's just say Philip kidnaps Josh, and that's enough for you to realize where this is uh, uh. going. Um, so... I might be with you on worst of all time. I having not watched it yet, but just remembering this episode, yeah, I might be there. It's just oh, this is where the Josh storyline just just grinds your gears a little bit. But anyway, so that's next week. Uh, this Thursday, horror Christmas month continues. We are on to uh, Black Christmas, the sequel to White Christmas. Uh, <laughs> not really, but uh, it's it's a modern reboot. It's uh it's very uh diverse. Uh the the rotten the rotten me boot. <laughs> Um, I don't know if Amazing Race is continuing again. Rossi does his own thing, apparently. It is. And uh, a couple of weeks away from a best of, a couple of weeks away from uh, potentially Aquaman and Ferrari if we don't release those into the new year. But, How about uh, Napoleon? Do you plan to see Napoleon? Nah. Um, I, don't really I, I currently have... seven. If, if we got a couple minutes here, I can I can hijack the episode, Please right? Please do. Like Jack Bauer All on right, a plane. So- I have seven free admissions oh. to Landmark Cinemas here. What did you do to earn uh, those? Well, I decided that uh, I would take all three of the kids for the first time to a movie because they're, they're fans Napoleon? of the Trolls movies. Well, yeah, Napoleon. We went, uh, But uh, Trolls uh, Band Together, the third Trolls movie just came out. And I mean, Casper especially is a big Trolls fan, but figured let's take all three of the kids. Casey's been to a movie before. He did okay with it. Casper did one. Now they actually do these sensory friendly screenings for like autistic kids where the, it's the whole idea is the lights are up, you know, it's bright and the, the, the noise is down and that you're free to move around the theater. You can bring your own snacks and all that. I'm like, okay, this will be fine. Um, the movie starts, lights go all the way down. Volume is louder than I've heard in any Michael Bay movie. Remy, who is the only one who's not been to a theater is just screaming and crying immediately. Jamie takes him out. Uh, or sorry, I go out first and I basically tell them, it's like, you know, this is a sensory friendly screen. They're like, is it like, yeah, and I'm showing them on the website. Then I'm showing them my ticket. I'll get them to turn the lights down. At this point, Remy's set off. There's no way he's willing to go back in there. 
So I have Casey and Casper all over me for an hour and a half of Trolls Band together. Jamie walks around the mall with them. To make it up to us, they basically refunded Jamie and Remy's admissions and then gave us five free passes. So I'm like, I've got all these free passes. I got to get something to see because they don't let you see Disney movies. So I'm like, maybe I'll have to see Napoleon now. So what? You can't see Disney movies on those tickets. It's like free movies except for it Disney. It says, yeah, it, it actually says in the fine print here. Uh, let me find it. Um, uh, one free admission except in the capitalized, except films from the Walt Disney Company and its subsidiaries, including but not limited to Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, 20th Century Studios, and Searchlight Pictures. So basically, you've got like two movies you can see, essentially. Uh, wow. Ferrari and Napoleon, and well, I guess Aquaman. That's incredible, because I, I mean, I told the story about how I got the free, like, cinemas are great, aren't they? Like, they, they, like the one that I got the free tickets for, it yeah. wasn't even really a stuff-up. If anything, it was better. It was an earlier screening. They put me on a better screen. I was... I'm happier for it. And they still gave me two free tickets, but mine just literally says down the bottom, like can't be used for gold class, like VMAX, which is the mm-hmm. IMAX, like kind of that sort of thing, which is fair enough. I remember back in the day, they used to be no, like movies used to be like brand new movies used to be released. It said no free tickets. I don't know if you had that there. Mm-hmm. So like basically yeah. for the first like three weeks of like the biggest movies that were released, you couldn't use free tickets on them. And so you just waited three weeks and you saw it then. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, well, I mean, I got one left. I think I'll just use that for Aquaman. Um, cause I'll probably see Ferrari when I'm back in Tasmania, maybe. I don't know, but, um, different cinema, event cinema here. We've got village cinemas in Tasmania, but uh, yeah, I have no, no real viewpoint in seeing Napoleon. I mean, if it's nominated for best picture, I guess I will watch it then, but I mean, it's, nah. it's kind of like the whole killers of the flower moon thing. Look, cause they're both oh, Apple movies. Good. So they're, they're released theatrically, but it's like, but we're going to be releasing on an Apple TV within, I don't know, a month or so anyways. Mm. And then now they're saying that there's already a director's cut of Napoleon. It's going to be released simultaneously on Apple TV. But I don't know if I've got free admissions, I might use it. I'll try to get Casper to do another review. Every Please time I do. take him to a movie and try to get him to do a review, he basically says nothing at all. Uh, I could get Casey on too, though, because when the movie was over, I'm like, Casper, did you enjoy Trolls Band Together? He goes, yes. And then I'm like, Casey, did you like the movie? No. And I've asked him like two or three times since and Casey, did you like going to see the Trolls movie? No. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I, I like it when you get your kids on. It's it's cute. I like hearing them say that. Um why? Yeah. Because it's a winner. Uh Ew, somewhere a for on the now. thing there is. Uh it's a winner. I um yeah, I just like historical movies like that. Like uh I mean I liked Gladiator, but then I think I got burnt on um what was the the um, Robin Hood Exodus? No, the uh, all the Ridley Scott epics. The Angelina Jolie, Colin Farrell. What was Alexander? Oh, Alexander, yeah. Bored shitless in that movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, they don't really do it for me, and I I love me some Walking Phoenix. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah. I mean, I, I tend to see Flowers of the the Moon or whatever it is. Killer Moon. Yeah. Flo- flowers of the Give Leonardo another Oscar movie, and there is that new Natalie Portman Netflix movie, which is she's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar for as well. Um, and the next goal wins the Taika Waititi. Oh yeah, uh, that, movie. yeah, that look, that look, that does look good. Um, although following the Oscar odds at the moment, apparently Oppenheimer is the front runner at the moment for Best Picture, and uh, oh. Cillian Murphy might be in with a shot. So uh, yes, I mean, look, we liked Oppenheimer. I haven't seen the others yet, but um, you know, I hope Ferrari blows them all away because I'm on the Adam Driver train for an Oscar. That man needs an Oscar. What a man! Mm. Love me some Adam Driver. Anyway. Oscar, I'm, are, I'm pulling for Trolls Band together. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm also, we are, we've got to do Oscars, man. We didn't put that on our list. We have sort of uh, mm. put together a little bit of a list in terms of what we're doing next year. There's a couple of ones that you didn't really think about that we're doing, but one actually that I would like to maybe try and fit in or maybe substitute something out because I think we did make a promise to our listener a month or so ago. <laughs> we have been talking about since the beginning of this show 
of doing Disaster Movie Month. Like, we technically did it, but in terms of yeah. the Disaster Rival Month. And I feel like a oh, month yeah. or so ago, Volcano we kind Dante's of Peak. said next year we have to finally do the Dante's Peak, Volcano, mm-hmm. uh, Deep Impact, Armageddon Month. So, look, I, I love our idea of a Planet of the Apes or a Ghostbusters Month because that would fit in. But I'm honestly okay to substitute one of those for that because I feel we made a promise for that. I don't know what your yeah. thoughts. I'm doing this on air to pressure him even more. So it's, no, I mean it's something we've been talking about forever. I mean, we'll we'll take a look at the months, and I, I think that should be something we should do because I, I keep wanting to watch those movies too. Like I, every single year, I'm like, oh, I want to watch Deep Impact. I want to watch Volcano. I want Dante's Peak. A little bit less frequently with Armageddon, but uh, it'd be fun oh, to do those. I love Armageddon. The reason I bring this up is because last night I just happened to be scrolling my YouTube random channels and I watched a. A Conan O'Brien interview with Pierce Brosnan from like 1997. Uh, and Pierce Brosnan is literally there smoking a cigar, which, okay, uh, pulls it off. What a, what an attractive man. And um, he's talking about Dante's Peak and he's talking about it being a family movie. I'm like, huh? Is it? Um, but what are we? What are we kids in there that drive? What could we cut? Uh, I, I think we, we, could, we could work this out. What did, what, what did we say? We can tease a little well, bit of next year. Maybe, maybe maybe anybody listening could say it, what they would rather have cut. If they'd rather have us cut oh, Planet of the Apes month. to us. Um, <laughs> you never know. Uh, so, Planet of the Apes month or um, Ghostbusters month. I mean, look, I, I honestly would probably rather cut Ghostbusters month because, I mean, uh, fun story. When I was uh, at the, the movies for Captain Marvel, this trailer started and it was like, oh, this is like an end of the world movie because it was like New York, yeah. like in a, a, a kind of like a freeze. It was like, you know, and people were dying and you saw the city. I'm like, oh, like, wow, we get another end of the world movie. It was a ghost bus. I'm like, oh, really? Like, I mean, that's all it was. So, I, yeah. I, 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 I wasn't but- I wasn't a fan of Ghostbusters Afterlife, the last one with Paul Rudd. So I don't have that high expectations of the new one. Either that or controversial. Do we keep Ghostbusters? Do we keep Planet of the Apes? And make our disaster movie month our Christmas month, our December month. Oh. Send off the year in a bit because we haven't really thought of a possible Christmas month. No, we did. Didn't we? Well, I think we, we had an idea. Um, what, 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 oh, I was bad. What was it? What was our idea? No, it was a Christmas Carol. Well, well, oh, we're we spoiling everything right now. Oh, but uh, no, I like that idea. We'll, we'll we'll come back by the by the new year. We'll have announced what we're doing. All right. We're, we're either that or we just like get ahead of ourselves and do something for July. We could do something for July and just pre-record it and just I won't be here yeah. to do it. Let's do that. Screw it. We're maybe not, we're not. Oh, can't saying maybe. I reckon we can do that. <laughs> I reckon we can swing just back doing some recording sessions in the lead up. We'll talk. Anyway, um, <laughs> our Patreon episodes are coming forward. Um, if you oh, listen- with Veronica's Closet and whatever. Oh, yeah, we're doing that, aren't we? Um, <laughs> why am I saying disappointed? I'm excited for that. Uh, tune in, do all the likes. My name is Ben. I don't have another quote, so I am the Diet Coke of podcast hosts. <laughs> oh, that was going to be mine. Um, my name is Colin, and uh, I have to tell my son. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs) 